Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello, sunshine. I'm Alexi Lawless, and welcome to a special edition of the State of the Union podcast, where we look at the beautiful game on and off the field through the lens of red, white, and blue colored glasses. This special episode, I'm joined by my friend, oh, my colleague, Jen Cooper, a soccer savant and a women's soccer researcher and writer and analyst extraordinaire. Incredible background, as I said, when it comes to soccer in general, and in particular, when it comes to uh, women's soccer. I have worked with her over the years. Uh, We have worked with her when it comes to World Cups. Uh, She does a tremendous amount of work also when it comes to the NWSL. And let's be honest, she's been around a long time uh, as we all have that we when we talk about this type of subject i wanted to go to get somebody who has context that has history that has an understanding of the topic that we are going to talk about today jen can you hear me how are you i can hear you uh, i'm feeling pretty good other than the past few days have been kind of mind numbing but when you're talking about history and context you know i'm gonna say it's it's not really a surprise that something's finally come to a head. Okay, so I want to make sure that uh, everybody understands what we are going to talk about today. And I I guess I want to preface this by saying, you know, we're going to talk about some things here uh, where there are accusations. And I know this day and age where all it takes is even a a tweet to destroy somebody. And it seems that you are guilty until proven innocent. Uh, I want to make sure that these are accusations. Everybody understands these are accusations. um, And in many cases, people have denied those accusations. And there's still a whole lot to play out. But this is a big story uh, when we're talking about, and not just women's soccer, and not just the NWSL, NWSL, but soccer. And uh, for those that uh, have had their head uh, in in the sand over the last week, it it was, uh, as Jen mentioned, a crazy week, a crazy week for the NWSL in terms of the things. And I'm going to try to uh, give you a little Cliff Notes version here. And, and Jen, if I if I stray off or if I'm wrong here, uh, you, you, you will get your chance to correct me <laughs> as many people do. All right, here we go. All right. All right. So uh, Meg Lenahan and Katie Strang, uh, two uh, wonderful writers in The Athletic, uh, d- did an incredible piece and in a long form uh, and a long term type of uh, investigative journalism. Uh, it came out and it was this bombshell within the, uh, the soccer community and outside of the soccer community. Uh, in that piece, uh, they uh, described and articulated a situation uh, regarding Paul Riley, the former coach of the Portland Thorns and uh, NC Courage and Western uh, New York Flash, and uh, being accused of sexual coercion, coercing, uh, co- coercing players into having sex with him, uh, forcing players into sexual situations, sending unsolicited sexual pictures, uh, yelling at players, belittling players. It goes on and on. And two of the main characters in this story uh, are Portland 
uh, Thorne players accusing Riley of this, uh, Sinead Farrelly and uh, Mana Shim. Uh, this is in the context of a whole lot of other stuff that has gone on when it comes to women's soccer. Uh, the story with Deloitte Hansen, the former owner of the Utah Royals, accused of racist and sexist um, uh, uh, actions. Uh, Craig Harrington, the uh, former Utah Royals coach, uh, administration, uh, administrative leave uh, after being accused of sexual comments to staff. Richie Burke, the Washington spirit coach, fired for alleged sexist and racist verbal abuse to players. Um, Let's see, Alyssa LeHue, the Gotham uh, City GM, who was released after an anti-harassment uh, uh, investigation. Christy Holly, the uh, racing Louisville coach, uh, fired for cause. Lisa Baird, who was the NWSL commissioner. She has resigned since all of this uh, has come out over the last week, uh, resigned her position as commissioner and resigned her position on the United States Soccer Federation uh, Board of Directors. Um, and so that's that's that that's some of the stuff that was included in this very, very long piece. I guess I guess my first question to you is um, how bad is it? This is going to sound strange, um, but it's pretty bad. But I also feel like this is a, a new beginning, mm -hmm. right? Like maybe this isn't quite burn it all down, but this is a phoenix can rise from these ashes. Um, you know, when I mentioned earlier that, you know, I wasn't surprised that some of this stuff is, has come out. Some of these stories, you know, we've heard bits and pieces of over the years, right? But if no one's going to come on record and talk about mm -hmm. it, can't really do anything about it. The amazing thing here is Mana Shim and Sinead Farley stepping up um, to really, you know, bring it out. And secondary to that, um, you know, I have to applaud Alex Morgan for using her platform to then show, hey, you know, Lisa Baird, you can't say you were shocked and disgusted to hear this because you actually heard this before. Right. So it's it. I feel like it's like finally the, the, the ball got got moving and it just kept on moving and kept on moving. Um, where we've only seen bits and pieces of this. So it's it's bad, Alexi. It's it's pretty bad, but I don't think it's a death knell for the league the way it would have been for WSA or WPS. Okay. I mean, so you mentioned a couple of the changes that are already happening, and even this is happening in real time. As I was driving in here just a little uh, while ago, uh, Merritt Paulson, uh, the owner of both the uh, the Portland Thorns and the Portland Timbers, uh, the Portland Timbers and the Portland Thorns released uh, a, a statement um, where, you know, they accepted responsibility. They kind of clarified how they had gone about what they thought was appropriate, but certainly, you know, didn't excuse their behavior and, you know, vowed going forward uh, to to do things when it comes to how bad this is and whether this is a situation where you have to start again. You know, for example, Megan Rapino, when this all broke, came out and said, let it burn. So uh, is there an element of throwing the baby out with the bathwater here? Because I, I have to assume that while this is looking like it's systemic and looking like it, it, it's prevalent in, in a lot of different situations here, there's probably also a lot of NWSL players who enjoy playing in NWSL. It's not that they won't, won't want to make more money, but have, have, have good experiences, want to continue to play in this league. And this is why you're so important, because you give context. And we have, unfortunately, a history that is littered with leagues and defunct leagues and teams. And you have this league now. Now that has you know lasted over the last decade and yes to a certain extent has been very very successful do you think that this is a situation where it can be fixed or is this a situation where you start again and then go forward 
I definitely believe it can be fixed. I think the danger of saying something like burn it all down, because of course that's it's such a handy phrase these days, is the bulk of the players in NWSL don't have anywhere else to go play. Um, any player on the national team does, but the bulk of these players don't. Um, most of them could find some gig over in Europe, but it's not going to be as high paying as um, they're getting here. They're not going to be with friends and family. They're, you know, it's going to be a very different kind of situation. I know we all believe that there is more money to be made in Europe. That's only for your very, very top players, right? Your national team players. We know, you know, there there's work permits that you have to get to go play in Europe and they usually require that you've played a certain number of games with your national team, right? So for the bulk of these players, it's not even, Alexi, whether they like the league, enjoy the league, have good experiences. If they want to play professional soccer, as Americans, this is their option. They can't go play in Liga MX Femenile. You know, they're they're not going to go play in the Australia League anymore, which is um, much weaker than it used to be and has a very limited season. You know, they, they need this league. The good thing is we've seen this league go through so many changes already in less than 10 years in terms of who the owners are, um, who's running the league, um, it's going through some horrible growing pains and they're obviously very necessary growing pains, but I, I think something really good can come out of it. I think the, the players are in such a great position right now in, in a way I don't think they ever have been to dictate what this league needs to be. And you can sure say, you know, burn it down. Let's start over. That doesn't mean it's going to be better. Okay. So when you talk about what it, what it needs to be or what it should be, and and I'm not talking about burning it down. I'm talking about taking the good that you have and and building on that and getting rid of obviously the bad that you have. What does that ultimately look like? And I want to read you a a quote here from Meg, uh, who Meg Lanahan, who did write the, uh, the piece. And, you know, obviously, as I said, this was bigger than sports. Uh, this was uh, this was mainstream. And, you know, the unfortunate reality uh, for the NWSL is, you know, let's be honest, the times where it has broken through the mainstream are, you know, I would think uh, the kneeling situation uh, and then this situation. So it's never unfortunately about soccer, but just like all soccer leagues, especially in the United States, we're, we're trying to get uh, or or. Or Sam Kerr yes. coming out in 2018 after she had left Sky Blue saying, hey, things were really yes, bad. But, but, what, but it's, it's rarely about the actual kicking uh, of the ball. And, and that's, that's not just, right. that's not just uh, singular to uh, NW, NWSL. But you know, Meg said this, and she, you know, she was talking on uh, uh, NBC, I think. And she said, women's sports traditionally have been built by men and are also trying to use the structures of men's sports. And I think we're now finally seeing that that leads to problems in a major way. Uh, what, first off, you know, do you agree with that? Second off, if you do agree with that, what what structure are we looking at and how does it differ maybe from how men's sports and men's leagues operate? I hadn't really thought about it from, from that perspective. I tend to be a little more reticent when it comes to, oh, well, the solution is, is a woman um, because, uh, you know, some of my experiences have, have shown that that's not always true either. And, and let's not forget that Elise LeHue was the first of these many dominoes to fall, someone who was very prominent in Gotham making such an amazing turnaround over the last two years. I do understand what what Meg's saying in terms of, you know, these structures, yeah, they have all been built by men, right? Because pro sports has, that's that's what it's always yep. been. Um, I, I, I think there's, 
there's both an advantage and a disadvantage to using those structures. I think that's one of the biggest conflicts that NWSL has had from the beginning in terms of you've had clubs that are partnered with MLS clubs and the ones that aren't. And there's clearly bonuses with that, but there's also the downside we see of sometimes the NWSL club just, you know, it's, it's the afterthought, right? It's it's just like, Oh, great. Someone else to use our venue so we can cover our venue costs, but they're not thinking about it in a, you know, one club kind of mentality. Um, I, I do think it's important that we get, as many more women involved in the sport as possible at, at any level. You know, I, I like what Angel City is trying to do. I, I like what um, San Diego is trying to do, though. I really wish someone would tell Jill Ellis to stop saying she's only going to hire women because that is actually illegal. Um, but <laughs> but I, like, I like what they're trying to do, and they're bringing um, women with incredible management experience into leadership positions, right? And now with, um, you know, the opening of Lisa Barrett's positions, these, and also the three women doing the executive committee, uh, there's, there's a lot of um, potential there, you know, and maybe in all of this mess, someone can finally convince, um, you know, Steve Washington Spirit to give the rest of his ownership to Michelle Kong, right? Like, but <laughs> yeah, I, I don't, I really don't want to say that the answer is, oh, you know, women should create a new structure. I don't think there's necessarily a new structure to be created, but I think women should have a lot more say in how things are being run. And more importantly, I I think the most important thing about all of this is the players need a CBA. I know that you lived through it in the early years of MLS of fighting for a CBA, right? And it's ridiculous in this far into NWSL that the non-national team players don't have a CBA, right? WSA, there was a CBA. WPS, there was a CBA for, for all players. Here, there's not. Um, they've been negotiating one. You finally had the Players Association be recognized, come together late 2018. Um, but it's a, a CBA is long overdue. Is there a part of you that's, I mean, look, we're all disappointed and saddened to see this and, and angry to see this type of stuff. But, you know, someone, someone like you that has been around and has seen all these different versions of women's professional uh, soccer and these different <laughs> leagues. And look, they're all unique and they've all, you know, gone their pathways and different pathways. And, it, it, you know, this is the third one in a line of, uh, of three. And I know there's, there's other smaller ones here or there, but the reality is three, three times. Have we learned our lessons from the past or are we making some of the mistakes that we made in the past? I'm going to say we mostly haven't. And part of that is because I I think all of us think that, oh, well, each league gets to build off the mistakes of the previous league. Well, each league doesn't necessarily talk to the people from the previous league. Right. Um, And and then I also see within our current NWSL, there's a lot of people um, in the front office who maybe they've been there a couple of years, right? So they're not even tapping into the people who started it out in 2013, 2014, 2015, right? Um, and, and that's one of the things that I've always found frustrating is that, you know, why aren't you tapping into those resources? Why aren't you talking to Melanie Fitzgerald, who's now with MLS, who was the director of ops for WPS? Why aren't you talking to Joe Cummings, who was general manager of the Boston Breakers in the WSA area, the one franchise that actually made a profit? Why aren't you talking to him asking what he did right, right? Like that's, I think that's the most frustrating thing is that we're going to keep repeating mistakes 
um, until we acknowledge that there's nothing wrong with talking to the people that went before us. There is, uh, you know, they say there's opportunity in crisis. And so how much uh, of what has happened over the last week and who knows what is you know, maybe going to continue to happen here until this mess is cleaned up. How much damage has been done in that? Is this a step back in order to go two steps forward? I mean, look, there there are success stories when it comes to women's soccer and in particular when it comes to NWSL, uh, you know, Angel City and, uh, you know, the uh, the tournament just to get back last year in the, pan- the pandemic, the uh, call to action and the money that has been put in and the support when it comes to uh, corporate sponsorship and all that kind of stuff. So there, there are some good things things. Does this damage that or does this just set it back a little bit? And to your point, maybe you use it to go even greater guns going forward. I think it only sets them back a bit based on, well, one, the timing, right? We're not right around a World Cup. The Olympics is over. This is actually the best time to be reinventing the wheel, shall Mm -hmm. we say, or rather, you know, just slightly reinventing the, the wheel. You've got you know, the next World Cup is almost two years away. Um, I, I hate to say it, but there's no such thing. To, to me, there's no such thing as bad press. And this is a hell of a lot of bad mm-hmm. press in some people's minds. But the number of people who have reached out to me to say, oh, wow, I just heard this about the league. What do you think? Right. Um, it's probably the kind of awareness that the league so rarely gets. You know, and yeah, it's not the most positive coverage, but it's actually timely and relevant. And like you said, bigger than soccer. Um, So maybe it engages some people of like, oh, I didn't know we had a league or I didn't know that Megan Rapinoe played for the rain in Tacoma or I had no idea that our national teamers were in this league. What can I do to support this league? Um, like you said, there's opportunity in crisis. And I think this that that is an opportunity. Uh, a lot of these uh, you know, these accusations involve men um, and men in coaching positions. And obviously in those positions, whether they're men or women, they have they have power. And a lot of this is in, is about ultimately power and exercising that power over people that are less p- powerful. You know, if you were in a position and you were talking to a coach of an NWSL team or a potential coach for an NWSL team, how would you be telling him or her uh, how to act? I guess my question is, you know, I've never been in that situation. I've never been a coach in that situation. And I certainly was not a player in that type of situation. Are there different ways of coaching when you are coaching professional women as opposed to when you're coaching professional men? I don't believe so. Of course, you know, I haven't played any higher than rec level, but uh, <laughs> to be very honest, um, but it does remind me of having to deal with um, the co-ed league that I ran. The, some of our referees would say, I want to call the games to protect the women, you know, and I was like, look, if you call the game, you do protect the women. If, you know, if you're making the calls, whoever committed the foul, you protect the women. We had a lot of referees. They would always call the foul on the guy if a guy and a girl went in for a ball because they wanted to protect the women. I'm like, no, now you're creating a culture where the women know they can get away with anything. Right. And that's not what I'm trying to say here. But it's, it's like, hey, it's a workplace. You treat everybody with respect. You don't have personal relationships with players, period. And by personal relationships, I'm saying you don't um, say, hey, let's go meet over coffee. Hey, let, you know, let's do something outside of the game. Um, you kind of draw that line of, you know, this is work and this is play and the two don't, don't cross over. Um, unfortunately, I think 
you know, for decades before this, you know, it, soccer was such a small community that you did naturally have relationships grow out of it, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm not going to name names for that, but, um, and I know it's hard, um, especially when you consider that a lot of players in NWSL do end up dating each other, right? Cause that's who you're spending all your time with. Right. So that's the kind of thing that can blur some lines too, but I think it's pretty basic. It's not how you, not, not you don't have to treat anybody special, you just have to treat people res- res- respectfully, yep. right? Like, hey, especially when you as the person with power, you know, I would think of it much like a professor and a grad student, right? Like, you know, you have the power. Mm-hmm. You, Yeah, sorry, you don't get to invite that student out for, you know, something that could be construed as a date. Yeah, don't be an asshole. I mean, uh, let's be honest, right? Exactly. I mean, yeah, there I you mean, go. Yeah. Don't be an asshole. It's, uh, you know, you can, you can use that if you'd like uh, on a t-shirt or, you know hashtag it or anything like that uh, words to live by for, for all of us uh and we're all guilty i was actually thinking of of shit show fc or fc shit show i hadn't decided which one i'm more of an sc shit show i mean but you know that's my american soccer is coming but if you want to be all authentic and genuine and euro snobby and go fc shit show that's fine that's that you, you can certainly hey, do hey at least I, at least i'm not going into shit, inter- shit show united you know. fc sporting um <laughs> All right. Well, let's 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 end this on. And, and look, I know we've only scratched the surface here and and, and there's so much more. And, and unfortunately, it's probably going to be more. Uh, the, the only, I guess, positive is, you know, because of the courage of, of these players and because of the diligence when it comes to reporting this, you know, if there are others that are in situations like this, maybe they maybe they will will now have. Um, the opportunity and the courage also to come forward and we can root it out and get it out and get back to the actual playing of the game and the building of the game, which, as you know, full well, needs as much attention as possible. I mean, this this game, whether it's men's or women's, and certainly when we're talking about the NWSL, as far as it has come, it, it's still very fragile. So it, it, uh, on those lines. What's your vision for the future when it comes to women's professional soccer in the form of NWSL, which obviously you're you're close to? What does it ultimately look like on and off the field as we go forward? I know it's a pretty open ended question, but I want you to kind of paint a vivid and hopefully a beautiful and much more positive uh, picture for us out there as to what we can expect after a whole lot of hard work and certainly some uh, soul searching when it comes to where we are right now. Okay, so I'm thinking a 16 team league. Mm -hmm. Two divisions of eight. Um, every team has at least three paid assistant coaches. Um, so you've got a really natural path for these players that they're coming out of NWSL. You know, we're, we're going to start seeing a lot of retirement soon. Um, that there's a natural path to coaching for them, right? Which will, will help that pi- pipeline. We'll see more women coaches, right? Just, just the stuff we've seen this season before this shit show began, right? Of... Casey Stoney announced his coach, uh, Freya Coombe, who nobody knew her name two years ago, is now going to be head coach for Angel City FC, right? Um, we know there's a lot of cities interested in, in having a franchise. So I'm thinking a nice 16-team expanded playoffs, a championship game that is sponsored and has some really cool name to it, right? The, the final has never been named, right? Mm-hmm. It's just the NWSL championship. Um, an all-star game. That's that's uh, uh, the best of Andy Russell against the current U.S. Women's National Team. As much as they might hate that, I think that would just be the most amazing thing to watch. Um, more international players, and 
even if um, I'm always hesitant to say, oh, we need to up the salaries by a lot, right? Because there's so much investment that needs to happen other than player salaries to make this the best league, right? I, I want to see all the investment in, okay, you have bigger staffs at all these clubs. So anytime something like the crap that's happening now is happening, there's people to handle it. It's not like, oh, we don't have time to deal with that, you know, or that's, that's such a small issue, right? That you've got real marketing behind this. And, and my biggest fantasy, Alexi, I'll be honest, is U.S. soccer actually marketing the NWSL? Nice, nice. I, well, you, you mentioned uh, the U.S. women's national team. I can't let you go because, you know, obviously uh, they are such a juggernaut <laughs> and such a huge part of this whole conversation. Let's be honest, because of the oxygen that they that, that they take up and rightfully so, because they are they are rock stars uh, and they, they, they draw a tremendous amount of tension. And so there's always curiosity uh, and talk about what this team is. Uh, you've seen this team <laughs> over decades uh, grow into this uh, this version of it right now. You know, as we head into this next couple of years, getting ready for the next World Cup and given what happened in the Olympics. And as you mentioned, you know, players that are coming to the end of their career. Uh, give us a little, uh, little little taste when it comes to the women's national team as uh, as you see it out there and what this is going to look like under Vlatko uh, going for if it's under Vlatko. I don't know. Maybe not. Who knows? But uh, as it goes forward into the, uh, the next <laughs> few years here. Well, I feel like, you know, Vladko got the weirdest assignment as as a US women's head coach. He was already inheriting the best team in the world that had just won back-to-back women's world cups, right? But then the pandemic hit, so he doesn't even get to go through the, you know, like, okay, this is my first mm-hmm. tournament. All of that gets delayed. So he gets an extra year in a way, but it's not like he gets an extra year to deepen the pool or test other players, right? So it was like everything was put on pause in March 2020 and then just brought back the next year. And I think that led to the strangest Olympics I think we have ever seen. So I'm really looking forward to the November camp for the U.S. women because it'll be the first one where Alexi can call in whomever he wants, right? The, the September and October. Hold on. I'm not, I'm not coaching obli- it. Good God. Sorry. You said me. You, it, 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 oh, there's you. a lot of people out oh, there that just, you know, uh, spat out their, their <gasps> coffee or whatever right now. That's the last thing in the world that they want. All right. Okay. Wait, oh, sorry. Sorry. I was talking problems. my nightmare. I was talking my nightmare version. That was the nightmare version, everybody. Okay. That wasn't the All dream right. version. That was All the right. nightmare version. So Vladko calls in whoever he wants because... September, October, he's ha- he has to call in the Olympians and he can call in a few others if, he, if, if there's injuries. But once November hits, he can call in whoever he wants. And I cannot wait to see that, right? Because we do have a lot of players towards the end of their careers, right? It's, it's too late to keep the band together. It's time to break up the band and, and, and take a new path. And our, our country is just too talented. The pool is too deep to think that there's only 20 people that can, you know, that can make it happen for, for the U S. Amen. Amen. All right, listen, uh, we've gone all, we've gone all (laughs) over the map. Is there, is there anything else that you want to say about anything that we have talked about? You know, as I, as I said at the top, I I enjoy talking to you about soccer, right? Whether it's women's soccer, men's soccer, co-ed naked soccer really doesn't matter to me because I I love the way that you think about the game. Uh, As you know, uh, having been around a while, you know, we, we are an interesting animal when it comes to who we are as American soccer people. We, (laughs) we eat our own, we are insecure. We do things that make us 
scratch our heads even when we're doing them our, uh, ourselves. But 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 there is the, it, it comes from a place of love and emotion and passion and all that kind of stuff. And we are constantly building and working and going uh, forward. So when we have a week like this where things don't go well, and it is to your point to, to, to your point such a such a shit show. Uh, it, I wanted to go to someone who who could walk me through this. Is there anything that I that I have missed? As I said, I know we just scratched the surface, but anything that you want to say before we head out? Um, just two quick sure. points. Um, one, and, and you've probably thought about this, is when you think of where the end of your cell is compared to MLS at the same age, um, they were going through some pretty serious crises. And, you know, I know a lot of women soccer fans don't like to make comparisons to men's sports, but I, I think when there are so few role models for how leagues should work, right, that I think MLS at year nine, year 10 is a very good example, right? And there was a lot of lot of crap going yep. on. And I can remember year 10, 11 so well because the Dynamo came to Houston. And it's so funny to look back and see like what there were like 10, 12 teams. It's, it's so weird when you think of how big yeah. MLS, MLS is now, right? But they, they had to go through some really painful growing pains. Second, and this is much more specific to NWSL, without the anti-harassment policy that was written, set up, adopted, announced in early April of this year, none of this would have happened. And, and, and I say this, I, I say that in a great way that it's like, I, I'm assuming it's the uh, Deloitte Hansen issue that, that forced all of this um, to happen in terms of the league writing that policy and adopting that policy. But thank, whatever it was, thank God it happened because it started um, the momentum that led to all of these um, all of these pieces falling away. And, you know, I, I hate to think of anybody's career being ruined, but at the same time, it sounds like all of these things are, are probably necessary. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes, it makes complete sense. Uh, tell the folks where they can find you. You can find me anytime on Twitter at Keeper Notes or at Mix Zone. That's my own podcast, Mix Zone with two X's. And I, I post a lot of really dorky soccer stats, including Broso stalker stats at keepernotes.com. <laughs> uh, she is absolutely a, a, a follower. And if you, if you ever get a chance to sit down uh, and, and to talk soccer, like I said, uh, don't waste it. Don't waste it because you will come out of that conversation better for it, regardless of what kind of soccer you are, you are talking about. Jen, thank you so much uh, for coming on at sh uh, in short notice here and talking to us about, you know, I know a, a very sensitive and, and sad type of situation and subject. I can only hope that you are right in that this is, while a step back, just a step back, and that uh, this league will learn, this team will grow, this league will in, uh, evolve. Uh, I, 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 I want soccer to succeed, as you do, as we all do, in any form that is out there, yes. whether it's on uh, uh, grass, whether it's on synthetic surface, whether it's on sand, whether it's on court, uh, whether it's on asphalt, it really doesn't matter to me as long as people are kicking a ball. But in doing that, and as we grow, you know, these things are going to happen. And how we react to that and the things that we do to make sure that these things don't happen again, that ultimately is what is going to create a solid foundation and is going to create successfully going forward. So we're not here in another 10 years talking about 
the fourth league in a succession or anything exactly. like that. Exactly. So Amen to there that. You go. There you go. Thank you, Jen. Uh, I appreciate it. Thank you, everybody, for tuning into this special edition of the State of the Union podcast. We will have uh, our normal uh, edition coming out this week also, but you have found this in your feed. I hope you stayed with us. I hope you listened to this. I hope uh, that the great Jen Cooper has made you smarter uh, and given you a much greater <laughs> understanding of the situation that, as I said, evolved over the last week, but also with a lot of other things when it comes uh, to women's soccer and soccer in general. Uh, we'll see you again next time. And until then, and as always, size the day.